Now this is podcasting Welcome. This is Lyrical Time Capsule, where a couple of fellas subject the lyrics of songs to a rigorous and pseudo-intellectual analysis, decode, deconstruct, and debate them, and ultimately decide if the song deserves to be preserved eternally in a time capsule for whatever sentient life should unearth them at some point in the future. My name is Hugo. And I'm here, second episode, with my homeboy. Who is it? It's Ming. He's at home. I'm a boy at home. We're at home. We're at home. We're in still in still in various phases of lockdown. <laughs> I like it better. You like you like the you like the lockdown better. I don't mind the lockdown. I um, <clears throat> yeah. Don't say that. You know, we for, for the young people, we we we've got to be free, Mingo. We've got to be free. Hey, there's no pressure from my end. Uh, well, we're going to dive straight into this. We have a, another song to submit uh, to a lyrical analysis to decide if it's going to be preserved forever. And uh, last time we looked at the epic song by Queen, and this week we have we're we're continuing the Queen theme. Yeah, we're staying royal. We are staying royal. Uh, we're going back to 1977, punk rock. What can we call them? Pioneers. Sex Pistols. Uh, no. Not Pioneers? <laughs> no, not Pioneers. School me, Ming. School me. School me in the mythology of punk. Uh, let's, let's, say, let's, let's say this was the peak and the end. <laughs> <laughs> this was it for punk. This is the only punk This band. was it. This, this is the Saturday Night Fever of punk. Here we go. Pop punk, <laughs> pop punk pioneers. How's that? Yeah, it's the peak, but the end. Okay, okay, good. I like it. I don't know much about it, so so you know, it's no, iconic. Absolutely iconic. Absolutely. Are they the pioneers of the of the punk aesthetic? No. Not even. No, I think there's plenty that they, came before they, uh, to pave the way. Are they the are they the archetypal are they the archetypal punks? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. We got there. <laughs> so we're, we're traveling back to 1977 to listen to a song by the 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 archetypal pop 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 pseudo punks, fake punks. No, they're definitely punk. Uh, no, they're not fake. They're definitely the real punk. Deal. Okay, it's the real deal. But it was. They weren't the pioneers, but they were the archetypal ones, I think. I think we can say that, yeah. Anyway, God Save the um, Queen last, is the song. Last night, Hugo and I were... Last night, Hugo and I were talking about... He was talking about um, Whitney Houston's version of the oh, yeah. American National Anthem. And I feel like yeah. the Sex Pistols are analogous to that. Okay. Wow, that's going to need some broad contextualization for any audience member <laughs> except for me we'll put it in the notes okay that's an easter egg for the future <laughs> one day we're gonna one day we're gonna do a video analysis video reaction to whitney houston's uh star spangled banner and this will all make sense then <laughs> i called it the american <laughs> national anthem like an idiot <laughs> it, i mean it, that's know. the true 
label for it. That's yeah, what it is. But I could have called it by its actual um, name. Well, this song, I'm I'm doing the sharp return to theme. This song Correct. shares the name. This song shares the title of the British National Anthem, which is very confusing when you try to Google it. Um, it's God Save the Queen. Ming, should we just dive in and just start looking at line by line? Let's do it. Shall we? <laughs> you yes, go. Shall let's. we just dive in? Yes, let's. <laughs> Yeah, what That's an exciting. opening. That's archetypal. <laughs> yes. Well, there is something about it, isn't there? We're, we're a lyric show, but you gotta, you, we have to notice the Johnny Rotten vocal performance, it, the sneering, oh. the sneering uh, aggressive vocal performance. It's, it's, it's just incredible. It's, it's an amazing, it's, a, it's an overwhelming, uh, a well, overwhelming mic- microphonic attack. Like it just jumps out at you straight in your face. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, acerbic. Getting into the lyrics. Acerbic. Brilliant. Brilliant. God save the queen, the fascist regime. Now, <clears throat> so it's, a, it's, a, it's an oft-used word in our modern political discourse, fascism. Is the British monarchy fascist? Hmm. Ming. <laughs> well, let's let's keep let's keep in mind that we're talking uh, over forty years ago, and over forty years ago, perhaps uh, the reigning um, institutions um, culturally were perceived a little bit differently to how they are now, um, and also, you know. It was closer to World War Two then than uh, it's close to now when this song came out. So, we might, might need to have a little historical contextualization of the use of the word fascist, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that gives even less excuse to call the British monarchy fascist. Now, I'm no monarchist, and I guess what we're going to get into here is our our own individual perceptions of the monarchy and things like that. Where inevitably, that's going to come up in this episode. I don't know about you, Ming, but I swing somewhere between having a sort of opinion that the monarchy in England, being an Englishman myself, has exerted a sort of stabilizing influence on the country for a thousand years and existing in in that sort of broad realm of, of, of thinking of it in that sense and then thinking that it's a a brutal, pedophilic, reptilian, alien um institution of evil that must be brought down and i swing <laughs> i swing in, <laughs> in five minutes in five minutes i can swing between those two positions between broadly being between broadly being quite approving of the royal family and things like that and then and then and then swinging to it must be torn down they must be guillotined 
and and I just don't know. I can't make my mind up. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> well, I I think I think those two things uh, aren't mutually exclusive and don't need to be. Um, I think uh, you know there can be bad actors within a system, um, and it doesn't necessarily make the entire system in and of itself evil. And um, and and I think I think uh, you know I'm sure there's lots of nuance detail that can be brought up in argument but i i broadly agree with you about the stabilizing factor um maybe not over the last thousand years per se but definitely over the last um 100 150 years i i think it's definitely definitely been a very solid through line of the the british monarchy um and i mean it it, the wheels nearly fell off it (laughs) um yeah, you know, in the in the early part, well, within the twentieth century, you know, nearly fell off it a couple of times, um, and obviously with the very um, just to date this episode, the very recent passing, uh, passing, passing, <laughs> just to date this episode, the very recent passing of um, Prince Philip, the uh, Duke of Edinburgh, um, uh, Mount Mountbatten, Windsor. Um, uh, I think in that lifetime. It's it's been in the in the reign of uh, Queen Victoria II. It's been a very stable force for England throughout many political changes. I love that you called her Queen Victoria II. You're a legend. That is just fucking amazing. One day, one day maybe there will be a Queen Victoria II. Um. But is it fascism? That's that's one thing that I I think is worth drilling down to slightly. And and through the course of our last conversation, uh, our conversation in the last five minutes, I've gone from thinking it's ridiculous to think of the monarchy as fascist, um, because fascism is was really really specific to kind of Italy and and Germany, uh, especially Italy, who invented it, and it was all about a sort of a sort of collaboration between the government and corporate interests to create a, a sort of nationalist capitalism. Uh, that's one of the things that made Italian fascism really unique. But then another aspect of Italian fascism was complete, ad- complete, uh, what's the word? Complete obedience to the state. So uh, nothing, everything in the state, everything for the state, nothing outside of the state, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And when I think of that last term, I think that I think that someone could could actually describe monarchy as fascist in that sense. Well, in hang its... on. Do you mean monarchy in general or the in general? Specific... Yeah. Yes, not specifically the British monarchy. I I, I don't think we could, in, in our knowledge of twentieth um, and twenty now twenty first century knowledge of the British monarchy. I I, I think it would be very challenging. Uh, to put forward a, a, a coercive argument to suggest that it was a fascist regime as a whole. Um, I, I think, you know, as far as monarchies go and, you know, traditional historical ruling classes go, I think it's been a very collaborative and um, benevolent force in general. Um, not to say that there hasn't yeah. been, you know, poor events, bad decisions, you know, tragedies connected to mistakes, etc. But um, but I, I think at at large, it's been a you know, as I said, a rather stabilizing, benevolent force. Which is not to say that you can't have a stable, benevolent, authoritarian government 
yeah. uh, government either. But I, in this case, I don't think that's what the British monarchy has. That's not the role it's played. I don't think. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm with you. So basically, uh, monarchy monarchy is akin to fascism as a system. Oh, but can, British can monarchy be, can hasn't. be. I don't think it has can to be. be. I don't no, know if it has like, to be. Yeah, but no, no other monarchies really survived. I mean, you got Thailand, maybe. Thailand has a monarchy, controversially, at the moment. A, a much more a much more fascist monarchy. Much more authoritarian, yeah. yeah. Much more authoritarian. Mm. And, um, and almost no one else does. Mm. And, and you know, I think the Dutch do. I, I think that's about it. Um, but then... Um, but then the British one, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I can't, I kind of lean that way. It's just it can't be described as fascist, it, since mm, far out. I don't even know when it would go back to since pretty much the Glorious Revolution, when its powers just got completely uh, taken away into into Parliament. Um, anyway, it's a good bit of hyperbole. It gets the blood mm, pumping mm. from Johnny Rotten immediately. It really sends the message that of, of his of his political passion. Uh, do you want to move on to the next couple of lines because they're yeah. really interesting? Yeah, just just briefly, I I think I think it's you know given the political socio cultural context of of the late seventies and you know the impen- the recent doom or impending doom of various primary industries. Um, and the sort of la- the lack of sovereign wealth within England and 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 the sort of economic crisis that, crises that were occurring at the time, I think it's a it's a reasonable statement against um, the classist traditions of of English nobility um, and you know governance, and I, and I I think it's a I think. As a layman's statement, it's totally reasonable to put that on, put that out on show. Um, but I think when we look at it accurately uh, and in a broader context, I, th- I think when you compare it to, for instance, you know, um, Italy uh, of 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 the fascismo of the you know World War Two, um, Russia, Germany, Japan, I think it's very hard to to align the British monarchy, which is, you know, pretty spineless in general. <laughs> yeah. With um, yeah. with some of those other actual genuinely fascist regimes. Yes, yes. Uh, people can make the argument about British imperialism in general, um, but that was very cor- a very sort of corporate endeavour. Yeah. After the era of Queen Victoria, it was just this yeah. kind of corporate corporate governmental institution that was happening it wasn't really driven by the monarchy How, but but the, but the king was the figurehead of the whole commonwealth um and indeed like the the perception of the perception of the monarchy around the world especially in the commonwealth is really really varied have you heard about those guys who who worship worshipped prince philip no as a god no in vanuatu <laughs> no yeah, he he visited once. Yeah, he was their god. They adopted <laughs> him as a god. That's uh, well, amazing. so now the, the yeah, so he's been their god ever since he visited, and they came up <laughs> even with a theory. Um, they they came up with a myth around him. Literally, he was the most powerful wow. being in the world. And, wow! Uh, oh, sorry, in creation, 
and he um and his destiny was to was to travel far off and and you know secure his power and part <laughs> of that obviously this is before he even married um queen elizabeth and oh so part wow of that was that he, navy days then they found out yeah that so then they found out that he left and went and married the queen of a far-off land and they're like well see yeah <laughs> Yeah, so he he's um he's a deity. He or he yeah, was a wow. deity to uh, many people. Or That's some, hilarious. Some, a small tribe in Vanuatu, I, love, I, I think. I, I really love that actually. That's kind of cool. Um. All right. So the next two lines. Yeah. They made you a moron. Potential H bomb. Yeah. Who are they talking to here? You. Who's you? Who's they? And who's you? A moron. Well, I assume I assume he's talking about the queen. The queen is a moron. I assume that he, I assume he's talking about the queen, but uh, I mean, it, yeah. or, or is he saying that the the mon, the monarchy made the public morons? I I, I assume he's mean, he means that um, they made the queen a moron. Um, I always read it the other way around. I always read it right. that you know he's talking to the listener, um, and and just saying that this you know the system the the fascist regime of kind of monarchy and and britain in general has made you a moron ah um fair because he doesn't he never really addresses the queen as you he always addresses her as her or she okay. in cool. the song he never really addresses the queen but i like the notion that he might be talking about the queen what does that give you what 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 does that make you think that you know if you think the queen as a moron well, that that she's a patsy, a puppet, you know, that she's just as much a victim of the system as everyone else, in a way. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally sympathetic to that interpretation because have you watched The Crown? Not yet. The the Netflix is brilliant. It's really, really freaking good. And one of the one of the scenes in it um, shows how little education the Queen had had by the time she took the throne. <clears throat> Her education was just really, really poor. And uh, she ends up having to just study by herself to actually educate herself on anything that isn't horses. All she knows is horses. <laughs> and she's like, seriously, and she's like genius level with horse, like she's or with horse breeding and horse racing. She's like literally elite level horse breeder, but she doesn't know anything about anything else in the world. And she ends up having to be educated. It's fantastic. Like you, you just think about that notion of someone in the highest privilege in 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 a privileged position of almost any human being that's ever existed and effectively educationally at least is a moron yes yeah. well i mean if you interesting if you just take those lines and 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 just you know suppose that uh he is telling you know he is saying to the queen that they made you a moron like god save the queen so he's like you know help help i hope someone helps you the fasc the fascist regime made you a moron you wow. know, that the, the, the classes system, you know, placed yeah. you as an innocent in this role. And and you you can imagine if you put someone naive and innocent in power, um, you know, where you can you control weapons of mass destruction, that that's a potential disaster. You know, that's how I, I think of it. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Um, yeah. If um, it, and so potential H bomb, obviously hydrogen bomb. Um, so obviously putting someone in that situation they are an incredibly destructive force what if um what if it's the listener what if it's kind of like sure kind of common sure. folk that he's addressing sure what because mean because also that at that time there was a huge mounting tension within the public you know within the 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 proletariat 
um, you know, of, of being of having their major industries, the the lifebloods that they'd relied upon um, for, you know, this sort of sovereign wealth and income of England being shut down because they weren't be- they weren't economically viable anymore. And um, and the idea of you know farming things out, the globalization was starting, and the idea of farming things out to to uh, countries where it was cheaper labor and and um, and easier to sort of abuse uh, conditions of workers and things. I think, yeah, yeah, there could be this hotbed of hotbed of tension in the in the in the workers. Yeah, I I think so too. And uh, well, I mean, you know, H bomb. It's not just a it's not just a Molotov cocktail. It's like <laughs> mutually assured destruction. Like it's not even. Yeah. A, it's not even a. Uh, it's not even a, a useful. I mean, it, it, you know, it's not even a, 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 a sane uh, explosion. An H bomb is completely out of proportion. Yeah. So it's it's not really targeted. That it's it, it's headed for disaster. Mm. Okay, great. I think we really slammed that uh, little stanza. Let's, uh, <laughs> should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she ain't no human being. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know, this is. Do you think this is uh, David Icke territory? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. No. No, not at this stage of the game. I don't think so at all. <laughs> it's too early. Um, I, th- I think this this potentially shoots in the foot my theory of him feeling sympathetic to her. You know, yeah. that I, <laughs> I think this this potentially clears up the concept that you know he's not he's not worried about her and the, the regime making her a moron. This is definitely no. this is driving home the idea that the system has made yeah. the the people morons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the, the more the more likely interpretation. But I, I like the other one too. Um, she ain't no human being. Well, that's very othering, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's about as it's about as simplistic and othering as you can do to someone. Mm. Say they're not even a human being. It yeah, doesn't very... even say what she is. Yeah, no, it's just completely and utterly dehumanizing for the sake of it. Right. But not even, not even specifically. Like, it doesn't say that she's a cockroach or an ant or a reptile or a, a demon or a vampire. It just says she's not a human being. It doesn't even yeah. specify. It's quite interesting. Mm. Like, she doesn't even meet the requirement. She, it doesn't matter what she is. She doesn't even meet the requirement to be considered human. Yeah, she's just not one of us. It's interesting. Yeah. Not one of I, us. I think, I think this, is, this is kind of just the extension on the, the opening salvo. Shall we um shall we roll out the rest of this verse? Well, no, uh, just the there's no future in England's dreaming. Mm. <clears throat> That's important. Yeah. This because there's no future is probably it's, you you could call it the refrain. Yeah. Of the of the song, like as in as in sort of I don't want to say the theme, but it's one of the major concerns. I, I think I think the Queen is almost a, an excuse to talk about this, really. To be honest, yeah. Well, if if she's if she's the figurehead of the monarchy, the figurehead of the country, then you know she's the figurehead of the class system, and and um, right. and and the the she's on she's on all the money, so she's the icon of the elite. Yeah, you know? true. But yeah, right, for for me, really, the the future is is the part is the crux of the song. 
And so there's no future in England's dreaming. Um, I think we're talking it's about... Very, it's a beautiful line. It is, actually. It's really, really poetic. It's up there. Um, I always thought he used to say, because I've never actually read these lyrics before, and I always thought he used to say, there is no future and England's dreaming. And ah. this is so much better. There's no future ah. in England's dreaming. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very poetic. He's actually a great lyricist. Mm. Um, so when I think of England's dreaming... I would probably imagine, because England isn't really a forward-looking place, it's a backward-looking place, generally. It, it, and I don't mean that disparagingly. It's quite no. a nostalgic place. Yeah, it? leans on tradition yeah. and nostalgia, yeah. Leans on tradition and nostalgia. That would be the charitable way to look at it. <laughs> and so that's really England. That's really England's <laughs> dreaming. <laughs> uh, well, you're just in the architecture and stuff. When you're there, you're steeped in, mm. in, you're in, in Anglo history. You're just steeped mm. in it. It just surrounds you. And so you can't help but look backwards all the time. And you kind of do enter this kind of liminal uh, dreamlike state when you're there of, of dreaming about history. So that is really England's dreaming. And so because the dreaming is about the past, then literally there is no future in it. <laughs> so I just think the line is, is fantastic. It's yeah. so fantastically constructed. Yeah. There is no future in England's dreaming. Uh it's beautiful because it's a double meaning, you know. There's, there's literally no future in it because it's about the past, and it will not lead to any future. It will mm. not unlock any future result. Brilliant line, brilliant line. Yeah, I agree. Smacks you, hits you by surprise, by these punks. <laughs> um, yes, let's go to the end of the verse. I think that's um, that's pretty that's pretty much in line with everything we were just talking about. Let's just run through it real quick. Yeah. Don't be told what you want to want to, and don't be told what you want to need. Okay. I I have a little. I need I need a little help with that. How do you mean? I need a little help parsing parsing. Okay. As the Americans say that. Don't be told what you want to want to. Well, I think if you told what you want to need, I think if you um, if you lean on the second line and don't be told what you want to need, if you lean on that first, don't be told what you want to need, and then you return to the don't be told what you want to want to, and then I think the want to want to makes more sense. Okay, okay, but that's a really really interesting lyric. The second line, isn't it? And don't yeah. be told what you want to need. Yeah. So we're talking. Uh, sort of consumerism or 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 or, or survival or, or what what's the word necessities yeah well yeah need obviously necessity yeah. but uh i i think just being just being dictated to uh, i think this is this is returning to the concept of the fascism or the authoritarianism experts you know the elite um dictating to you um try convince trying to convince you gaslighting you as far as um, what your priorities should be. Yeah, good, good. It's very interesting though, isn't it? It kind mm. of hits you by surprise, that one as well, because mm. it's just interesting interesting grammar. It's not typical. Yeah. Well, don't be told what you want to want to seems the throwaway sort of repetitive thing until you read that next line, which is, and don't be told what right, you want to right, need. Right. 
you know, which is, um, I think that's that that's the focus of don't be don't be told what you want, and then you know brackets fill in the blank. You know, here's the line. Okay. What's what's the phrase? So, I I, I think that's we were talking about that with Queen, where um, talking about a turn of phrase, like a, a common phraseology, yeah. um, and I think that's this this is very sneaky because. You know uh, what I what I was sort of saying in, in the beginning is about the the Sex Pistols sort of being the pinnacle and the end of punk, because you know I I think they 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 summarized the essence like you know it's the, it's the ultimate essence of the punk ideology to the point where it's so summarized and so simplified that it it becomes pop and you know the famous line is pop will eat itself and. You know, I think they they killed. I feel like they killed punk. I don't just feel it. I I think it in a in a musicological sense that I can back up with um with with research and references, but not right now. <laughs> um, but you know, they they sort of they it was sort of the death knell of punk because they encapsulated it so perfectly, the essence of it. That, that how do you 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 can't you punk isn't something you can build upon. Punk is something that's destructive and anarchic and and by um, by just filtering it down to its absolute bare essence, there's literally nowhere to go. Um, and I think this this idea of um, what I was mentioning the last episode, talking about the the spin on common phraseology, when when you think of when you think of uh, the Sex Pistols as a completely uh, a minute blip, a flippant fad, um, you know, something something to be glossed over in the in the history books of important music, you know, in that context of that time. Oh, it it's just it's just kids throwing the throwing a tantrum. You know, it'll be gone in five minutes. Um, that that line, don't be told what you want to want to. That can you can be completely lulled over thinking that's important and meaningful. And then when you read the next line, don't be told what you want to need. Want to want to makes sense, and so it's a very sneaky, very subtle lyric writing technique to to flip what you expect it to be and grab your attention on it. So I think it's very clever. Yeah, I agree. Um, any chance we can hear it again? Just that yeah. line. Okay. It it seems throwaway, so, right? It seems so cavalier, like just a, a, a rhythmic thing. It's easy just to fill the space. Yeah. But it's it seems yeah. very deliberate and thought out to me. And then and then okay, so here's a real but then there's another layer to the contrast. Oh there's sorry, the juxtaposition because if if it's kind of a clarion call, like don't be don't be dictated to. And if, if I was gonna tell somebody, you know, don't be dictated to because the next thing I might say to them is, you know, you need to, um, you need to define your own future. You need to, you need to take the future in your hands and and move forward to a glorious future, uh, because you took control of your own life. But except you it's completely nihilistic. <laughs> but 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 then the next line is, "There's yeah. no future, no yeah. future, no future for you." Yeah. Man, heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. Why why would you even bother resisting? You know. 
Why would you? Why right. would you? Why? why would it matter if you if you're told what to do and what you oh. need? Like, forget. What's the point of of resisting at all? Yeah. What's the point in anything? Mm. If there's no future, what is the point in anything? Total nihilism. Maybe when we get to the. I mean, this. So this is when 1977. So a good sort of 50, 50 years ago. So just, uh, you know, well, getting on for fifty years ago. Slow down. <laughs> 40, 43 years ago. Oh, <clears throat> can you edit that out, please? No. Um, quick maths. <laughs> but the um, but so we can judge now. You know, it's a generation later, or, yeah. or a generation and a half later. So maybe when we get to the end, we'll, we'll, we we can judge whether there was a future uh, for these people and for England. It, it'll be interesting to judge. Okay, let's let's hear the chorus. That's a chorus, huh? <laughs> what a chorus. What a sneering, sarcastic. <laughs> we mean it, man. Man. Damn. Is, just, has there ever been a more sarcastic delivery <laughs> in a song before? Really? Uh, I can't uh, think of one. Maybe one of their other songs? Yeah. Johnny Rotten can do Oof. it. He can really do it. The sarcasm. Fucking dis... Just, just biting, biting, Ab- absolute acidic, ugh, snake venom. Yeah, <laughs> and then okay, so it's all ironic, it's all sarcastic, um, and then and then he rounds it out by you know sarcastically saying uh, we love our queen, and then sarcastically saying <laughs> God saves, God saves, sarcastically like <laughs> like is there. Is there a more profound rejection? I mean, okay, so, you know, whatever. Religious, you're not religious. If you are sarcastically saying that the divine, the divine force saves, implying nothing saves. Wow, these guys. The, the nihilism is bottomless. <laughs> Might as well say something like, uh, and, and, and oxygen helps you breathe. <laughs> like it's that <laughs> it's, it's that it's that profound a rejection of 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 any hope let's all go to the park and play together yeah yeah it was a time it was a time so, though i mean um <clears throat> you know people think times are tough always right oh, um yeah yeah. I mean my you know, I mean I was I was born a couple of years after this and um and uh this is oh, so you're fifty. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much fifty. <laughs> bordering on fifty. And um quick maths. You know, quick quick maths bordering on fifty. Thanks, Dizzy. And um my experience of reflecting upon this very close to my to my uh existence time, I mean it's the way that television and film looked to me in in my very early early years is not too dissimilar to how it looked in this period. Um, so it, it's it's not it's not super culturally removed for me. You know, I, I can I can relate to um, newsreels and films and music of this era um, pretty pretty comfortably. Um, 
And everything I saw from England around this era is obscenely bleak. Everything right. is obscenely bleak. Yeah. Even even the 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 cheery flower bubble gums ice cream popcorn pop music of this era is still is still infused with this like sense of doom, you know. Um so yeah. yeah. Yeah, no argument. No argument. It it wasn't a good it wasn't a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet swinging 60s had happened. Yeah. Uh like 50 years before, is that right? Um no, swinging 60s had happened the decade prior. Free love and, is and now really expensive. Yeah, the hangover in the 70s I think was hard, hard. And then and then continued pretty much through the 80s. Um yeah, and I would argue mm. um, didn't stop. <laughs> I had had a had a brief hump. It was a brief hump of hope, I think. Yeah, they they huffed the hopium for a bit. Yeah, it's quite quite interesting. Um, you know, I mean, I I uh, in my in my university studies, I um, my one of my the key lecturers was um his his formative phd his phd was done uh on sex pistols at a time when that intellectually probably was a really uncool thing to do um and so he was he, he was a really big fan and he'd really he'd done the deep dive on on this band and its place in culture and musicology so um you know i i gleaned a little bit off him but um what was um cyclical for me was that i found that a lot of the acts i was really influenced by in my formative teenage years were the sort of the next side of the circle of the downturn of english culture post that sort of halcyon hope period of the mid to late 90s when that all sort of collapsed and uh you know iraq and and um and uh you post post the Brit pop explosion, the the sort of the hangover from that. Um, a lot. So I, I actually feel like this song and and its context is very similar to a lot of stuff that I was uh, really heavily influenced by as well. So it's it it culturally it feels very um, very in line and true to my experience. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an amazing place, and and part of the part of the result of, of the bleakness that is there is that you do get some fucking incredible music <laughs> coming out of it and it's just one one way to deal with it is to is to express it in music it seems uh let's let's try out the second yeah verse. Tourists are money, Hugo. Tourists are money. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, that's there's no two ways about it. There's no other reason why you'd let these people into your country. They they bring money. And this is this is pre EU. Yeah, I, I don't mean immigrants. I mean I mean uh, I mean tourists. There's tourists. no other reason for tourists to be there. They're they're to be milked for cash. Um, immigrants are there to do work and and contribute to the culture and all that stuff. Tourists aren't. Tourists of any description are there to provide your country with money, whichever country you are. And that's universal, I feel. That's universal. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. That's what whenever I'm a tourist, that's what I'm doing too. I'm supposed to be contributing to the economy. Um, <clears throat> and the queen is a heck of a money spinner. Those, uh, you know, those 
those rituals and stuff. And it's not just the buildings because I don't think that I don't think that um, Versailles or, or any of the European um, former monarchic palaces and stuff rake in nearly as much as the British uh, palaces do. Mm. And the reason is that, that the British ones are still functioning mm. and they still have, you know, guards rock up and do crazy rituals and, and, and the changing of the guard and they wear f- f- bonkers hats and stuff like that. It's like, oh, this is pretty crazy. And tourists pay to see it. Mm. That's one of the main functions of it, for sure. Is a is a is a money spinner, and I don't mean that cynically. Like it's it's no, not at all. No, it's, money that it brings. It's in. legitimate, and also at that at that point in time, there's uh, there's not a lot of money spinning for England, you know. So <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think it's important to recognise right. that that is a as a very intrinsic truth of that era. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think there are reasons for tourists to go to England, um, but there are a lot of kind of history and stuff like that. But but things like weather and, and pleasure, you know, <laughs> relaxing pleasure on a beach and stuff like that, that stuff's not really there. So But hang on, you've got all those you need something. You've got all those wonderful beaches with great you know They're wonderful beaches. Wonderful sand. They're one they're no no the, cri- the crystal right. crystal the clear are, water and l- look, they're not Australian beaches, but you know they're, that fine, they're, fine they're golden good. sand. <laughs> it, it, uh, you're you're taking the piss, but there are some nice beaches there. Sure. It's just the weather. The weather is piss poor. Like you, you, you get a couple of days out of the a couple of days out of a, every two years that you'll be able to go to them, and uh, yeah, it's tough. So do you, do you tough think to to draw the tourists? Do you think climate change is uh, is do you think climate change is helping with that? Well, there, there was a there was a mini ice age, and everything was frozen back back in the back in the when was it around 10, the 16, 10, 1600s. 1600s? But then after that, oh, everything's been kind of warming up. And there were moments when it was positively balmy there. And I think we'll probably mm. get there again, unless we're going into another mm. ice age, which we might well be. Um, yeah, it'll, <clears> take, <throat> it'll, take a, it'll take five minutes to flip, though. <laughs> Are you talking about the, the, the magnetic poles? Yeah. Uh, well, speaking, yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> speaking of flipping uh, money, our figurehead, um, our figurehead is not what she seems. So figurehead... Obviously, the front of a ship, um, but also, you know, <clears throat> in the same way that the front of a ship, you, you put a goddess there or something like that. But it, it's just for aesthetics. It doesn't serve any. It doesn't serve any uh, functional. Um, oh no! I disagree. To the, to I disagree. I dis. Or maybe, um, maybe in, not a physical. In, in nautical maybe terms. Not, yeah, maybe not physically utilitarian, but um, it, there's a spiritual uh, influence and. And that you know, morale morale can't be uh, discounted. Brilliant, and and you know that is perfectly analogous. Like, yeah, that's right. But in terms of like nautical um, uh, hydrodynamics and things like that, it doesn't make any difference. No, not at but, all. But but in terms of morale and things like that, yes, it it really does. And maybe intimidating a a you know a, a, an enemy ship or something like that. Anyway, so there she is. Our figurehead is not what she seems. So if, if she is a figurehead, maybe she is exactly what she seems because she's just a figurehead. He do, doesn't offer any um, alternatives or explanation, does he? No, no, it no. doesn't. It doesn't say that she's a, a shape-shifting alien or anything. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of stayed. Or she's she's made of plaster. It's kind of tame. And, yeah, it doesn't say she's made of plaster instead of timber or bronze or you know, right. it doesn't. Yeah, 
I, I mean, as as excoriations of of the of the monarchy or any authority figure, this is fairly tame. Mm. Like we've we've heard, you know, David Icke springs to mind. You know, um, his opinions of, of royalty and elites and things like that. Like he's he's a real fan. He, he wouldn't hold back like this. <laughs> yeah, well, he wouldn't hold back. He'd just be like, you know, yeah, fine. <laughs> You're fucking shape-shifting lizards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's see what else is going on. All crimes are paid. It's a great line. All it's crimes amazing. are paid. That's yeah, I wonder what he means there. It's it's potentially huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it. Well, okay. So. I feel like he's definitely referring to all. It says all, all crimes are paid. I mean, so when even just all crimes, I mean, we're talking about all of colonial history, all of monarchical domination like all subjugation of native peoples all you know everything all crimes yeah yeah well all crimes but what do you understand by all crimes are paid well god's god's forgiven uh god's forgiven yeah her that's definitely that's definitely the implication with uh with um the 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 line before <clears throat> but but how but wouldn't that be let's um, let's just quickly reflect let's well maybe you're about to say this and i can snap you um maybe you're, what was the last time that all all crimes were paid what had to happen yes very good but but, but that <laughs> sorry what i was going to say was um was it wasn't a um <clears throat> it isn't the normal way we would express that we would say um we would say all crimes are forgiven something like that if you say all crimes are paid, it, it, there's there's a potential double meaning there of ah. you, you get your like crime pays, like you know some people say oh crime doesn't pay, criminals say crime pays, so all crimes are paid. I don't know. I'm getting something. Uh, maybe oh, yeah, a double right. Meaning. Yeah, I I think I think there's uh I think there's a a, a historical maybe a cultural difference of time where you're maybe you're pulling that out as a, a less common way to frame yeah. that but i i think no, I, i'll probably retract that i know i know i don't think you're wrong maybe i maybe i'm maybe i'm re- remembering something a bit incorrectly i'm, I'm thinking like paying your dues no. um yeah that kind i, I of think thing. that's more likely mm. and, and i think you're much you're definitely on the money with the with the history of Britain's global dominance on the world stage. It's mm. it was definitely a financial, uh, you know, we can talk about the mor- moralization of it, which it has its own trouble. Mm. Um, but, but at its core, it was a financial capitalist oh, yeah. act in order to get money. And she was the, f- uh, and, and the monarchy was the figurehead of it. It was the justification of it. So, well, the ra- the rallying you know, call yeah. more than, you know, it's how they, yeah, how they sold yeah. it. Yeah. The, the figurehead, the mm. the moral the moral head of it, mm. you know, it's who who you bought your b- bounty back to. I mean, you talk mm. about uh, even like privateers, you know, like uh, like the the queen's the queen's pirates, who would mm. who would go out mm. and raid raid other nations' ships and then bring back the bounty to the queen mm. in order to get mercy. Mm. 
<clears throat> but anyway, you know, God save history. God save your mad parade. Mm. God have mercy. All crimes are paid. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going. I would agree with you. It's definitely referring to the whole totality of the of the British. Let's be frank. From at least one perspective, it's a criminal enterprise to go mm. and, to go and trounce the sovereignty of of other other countries' borders and and take their wealth. It's a mm -hmm. criminal. It, it can definitely be viewed in a criminal sense. Absolutely, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a massive, massive crime. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the 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 next the next uh, four lines here are, uh, are pretty the next pretty amazing. <laughs> Let's listen. Yeah, I think amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> brutal. That's it's it's brutal. so brutal. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely brutal and very, very poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here comes that not absolute unfettered nihilism again. When the, I, now, yeah. the, the lyrics I've got in front of me, I think, are not 100% accurate to... Um, okay. To Johnny Rotten's phrase, uh, the lyrics I've got okay. here: are, "When there's no future, how can there be sin?" Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll this back and see if I can find that line again. Okay. So I've got that line ready. To my ear, it's when there's no future, there can be, there can be nay sin. That's what I hear. Okay. Which is okay. which is much more. I feel that's much more correct than when there's no future. How can there be sin? There can be nay sin. You know, it's ye olde yeah. English, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I think that's more important. Yep. I think that it's important. It's important to get that right. And what we've got in front of us is yeah, not. Yeah, accurate. I, I'm I'm surprised that the genius isn't accurate because. Well, anyway, I guess anyone yeah. can submit them. Mm. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's interesting that it would be old English because um, that's how Johnny Rotten always looks to me. He looks like yeah. some timeless, yes. timeless street urchin Tramp. from <laughs> from kind of uh, uh, spittle fields. You yeah. know, those kind of parts of London where like Jack the Ripper used to roam. Yeah, even, like even, like, even Middle Ages, you know. Exactly, like yeah. a proper gutter snipe, like yeah. a proper gutter snipe. Like he, he looks timeless, and, and so he, he could have he could have been from any era of underclass Britain. Yes, and all of a sudden he he comes out, he, you know, he comes out of the dustbin, <laughs> like a flower. He's a flower discarded in the dustbin. He's yeah. the poison in the human machine, and he and he's back. He's he he he, well, he was never there. Like he was ignored and and subjugated throughout history. Now, yes. Not forgetting, th th we we can talk about all crimes are paid around the globe, but the crimes of the British subjugation of the underclass started and were were probably the most brutal to the underclass of England itself, uh, uh, or Ireland. Let's say the closest. The, you know, Ooh, Ireland, England, Wales, Scotland. I I think I think there can be some pretty uh, visceral debate around that <laughs> statement, but I'm not dismissing the truth of it for those people. <laughs> well, which part of it? 
Well, I, I, the, I said it in haste, but yeah, I think I think what you stated was kind of claiming that the people that bore the brunt of you know English colonial dominance more than anyone else were the locals, quite possibly. But I yeah, I yeah. think I think there's some for other the indigenous time. persons around the world that might argue against that. But you no, know, for sure. the for the longest time, sure. absolutely for, for who, the longest who, time. Is who what I who mean. are the who are the indigenous Britons? You know, what are the remnants yeah. of those the first peoples yeah. to be on those isles? No, I mean, absolutely that, obliterated. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Yeah, and, and so you know, it, it's for the it's it's by far and away for the longest time. Like it, <laughs> you know, it's bit of an afterthought the whole imperial thing is a bit of an afterthought yeah no i feel you now the subjugation feel, of I, I the of the serfs in the british isles went on for we're talking you know a thousand years of yeah, subjugation yeah. and and longer, you know, longer. As, as brutal and as brutal and disgusting as as all the uh, as all the mm. colonial projects mm. were mm. you know we're only it, it, i'm not dismissing them at all but we're talking 400 years 200 mm. years mm. in some mm. cases we're not talking a no, thousand no, years. No, you're right. No, and and more than a thousand <clears throat> years, really. More than a thousand years. Oh yeah, yeah. well over. Yeah. So so that really, yeah, I I get that I get what you're saying, but I I think I can, I, and I'm not saying one is worse than the other. I'm just saying that the no, first. No, I I just leapt down your throat before you got to nuance out what you said in haste. <laughs> it's important to be precise. It's important. It's important to be precise, but my throat's already a little sore. So go, oh, no. go easy on me. <laughs> oh no. Um, but, but anyway, point being that here is this guy, you know, he's, he's one of the original, he's a descendant of, of the original victims, uh, the, the, the original subjugated, trampled, yes, uh, you know, more millennia trampled, uh, people of, of the British Isles. And here he comes on behalf of all the victims of, 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 uh, monarchic British imperial oppression. And he, and, and here he is. Snarling and sneering, on a boat. By the way, they performed it uh, in the yes, Thames, uh, yes. <laughs> instead of instead of on top of the pops, and you perform it live. I, I just think it's. <laughs> I was it's fantastic. Um, it's, it's great. It's great that you mentioned the Thames, actually, because I was I was reminded recently. Uh, I mean, when we think about now, now, you right now today in this exact moment, if you think about the Thames, what what comes to mind? Uh, EastEnders opening credits. That's what the first thing that comes to mind. You what? First thing that comes to mind. You what? EastEnders credits. Yeah, the map. That's what I think of first. Well, okay, okay. Well, that's that's actually going back closer to what I'm what I was going to reference. So that just that destroys my whole point of asking you. Oh, shit. Uh, when, when, what was no. I supposed to say? No, no, no. You, Tidal you, system. You, yeah, no, you went, you went where I was going. Okay, if I say today, contemporary Thames, like, what do you think of? Uh, the Thames oh, today. Fuck. Contemporary Thames? Yeah. How's the parliament? Contemporary. Uh, ooh, fuck. Now that's all I'm going to think about. Uh, how's the parliament? Um, Statue of Bodicea. Uh, I don't know. MI5 building. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's structured and classy and clean, right? And formal. Oh, it's, yeah. You sure. know, you know, like the the Thames of the late seventies was not like that, right? Like it was much okay. more much more dirty. industrial, much filthier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like performing on the Thames instead of in a standard 
uh, institutional venue, the BBC or, or you know, something, yeah. something traditional. Performing on the Thames, A, is already a massive statement, but performing on the filthy, fetid, industrial <laughs> wasteland, homeless bums camped on the banks kind of Thames... That's that's another layer of statement as well. I think I think that's really important to mention. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't really think about it like that. I've I've always thought of the Thames as this. Yeah, just all those royal palaces and everything like that. But you're right. It would have been pretty scummy back then and any time <laughs> prior in its history. Yeah, and the the uh, thing that the thing that brought that back to my memory and and obviously I I kind of I I knew in the back of my mind that you know. I mean, we think about London. I mean, London probably used to be the filthiest city in all human history, you know, without 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 argument. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. London's gone through some some pretty fucked up phases. Um, but what brought it home yeah. to me was watching uh, an American werewolf in London, and there's a little scene where there's some bums around a you know a burning oil um, oil can that. You know, get attacked early on by the by the werewolf, and and I just went, oh yeah, that's right, that's what it used to be like. I mean, it's it's definitely a setup, you know, prop laden fast, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's actually what it used to look like. Yeah, well, the deprivation in in London is is still there. I don't think it's ever gone away. You know, I think the homeless statistics and this and the uh, the council estates and everything like that are still at, at shocking levels. It really is a city that's just never sorted itself out. Mm. Um, and the, 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 the disparity... Since, since pre-city. Precisely. Yeah. The disparity... Nice. The, 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 the disparity and the inequality is ext- more extreme there than almost anywhere else on the planet and at any other time mm. in history. Mm. So that's why we get, uh, you know, we're the flowers in your dustbin mm. and we're the poison in your human machine. We're the poison. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause, you know, cause, we, we're what's going to... F- yeah, we're we're what's gonna we're what's gonna be the the sabotage of it. We're what's yes. gonna be the uh, yes the thing that fucks it all up. Basically. Yeah, because you're um, you're relying upon yeah. us to be your your Marxist, uh, you know, your your proletariat. Yeah, not even sub sub proletariat <laughs> like the serfs. These these were not even these were not even workers. I, I, that's the way I look at Johnny Rotten. I just don't. Yeah, right. I see him as he he, he was he was. Uh, I just see him as one of those urchins on the on uh, on Cheapside, like yes. like one of the uh, one of the bog trotters, kind of like yeah. literally like bog yeah bog children who would yeah. who would rob the boats and stuff like that. That's how I see Johnny Rotten. Like not a yeah. worker, sub worker, uh, just a just a yeah proper urchin, proper imp. Um, but yeah, they're the you know. But okay, sure, um, could be the workers as well, the oppressed workers. I just mean the the mention of the human machine. Sure, but that's dead right. The industrialization, yeah, the satanic mills, um, yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna stuff it all up. Cool. We're uh, there's, uh, not much, there's not much left to cover. There's not much left. There's, so there's just, almost just a couple of choruses. Should we just, we just pile through? Yeah. Should we pile through it? Yeah. Okay. Pile through it. We have some final thoughts.
Um, apparently, there's no future. Right. Well, that's it. So, 1977, Johnny Rotten declares no future. Um, the end of history and no future. I mean, you know, we we, we can look back with um, 67 years of, of uh, retrospective, quick maths. <laughs> no, we can look back with a good 40 years of, 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 of hindsight and judge. Mm. Was was he right? Was he right? Is that was there no future? Well, I think I think the fact that he did Public Image Limited proves that that was not the case. Oh, was, there was a future for him. He got very yeah. rich, <laughs> and, I, I, and, and I actually like I like him as a figure. I really like him. Yeah, me too. Um, not as a not necessarily as a as a musician, but as a guy, I just I love Johnny Rotten. Oh, I, I absolutely respect him as a musician as well. Yeah. Well, I really respect him as a as a lyricist because yeah, his lyrics big time. are phenomenal. Big yeah. time. And, and and as a sneering, snarling, just un, undeniable figure who encapsulated that that um that performance aspect of punk, like really there's no one more iconic, in my opinion. I agree. In terms of vocal. Everybody else is imitating Johnny Rotten. No matter what, no matter what um, accent they're doing, they're imitating Johnny Rotten. I think there was uh, there's contemporaries um, who were of similar ilk, um, and you know I think that contributed um, to that acerbic, spitting nature in in their own unique ways. But uh, I I think for me, yeah, he's he's right at the top of the list for me, absolutely. Yeah, it's astonishing stuff, um, and you know, but but I, I I guess well, I mean literally of course there was a future, um, but I, I, and and I and I personally I'm still you know optimistic and I believe that people need to attach themselves to the concept of there being a future that's worth worth the playing or that the game is worth playing still and not surrendering to nihilism. But genuinely, I, I I think a young person could be forgiven from from any time from 1977 onwards in the underclass of Britain for falling into this in, into this attitude. I don't. I have all the sympathy in the world for them. Honestly, really, it's very very hard for me to argue yeah. with any of them who would come out with this attitude. I would just have to say, yeah. Fair play. I, I wish. I, I. I. would hope that you would perceive, be able to perceive things a bit differently, but I can't argue with you if that's the way you perceive the world. It's yeah, and it's it's interesting because it's because it is so um, unashamedly nihilistic. Like it's it's not it's not uh, it's not like some of their other songs, like Anarchy in the UK, which is like a rallying call. You know, it's um, right. It, you know, right. Uh, th- this is this is completely doom and gloom. It's complete and utter hopelessness, and yet it it, it almost you know as we were saying, it almost um, takes the wind out of its own sails at points. You know where it it's like when you're saying you know he kind of lets he kind of lets her go. She gets off. You know she gets off free. Um, I don't think way, she's the target of it. No, that's that. No, I agree. Yeah, but uh, you know, he had he has a chance to really attack the queen. You yeah. know, it it starts out very very vicious, and then uh, yeah, <laughs> no pun intended, and then um, <laughs> and then it and then it sort of 
it it gets a bit flaccid almost. But I mean, yeah. that that essentially is completely in line with the with the nihilism. It's like wh- why even bother? Why even bother fucking criticizing her anymore? You know, um, in 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 a way, this sort of what I'm imbuing that sort of psychological. Yeah train of thought into it myself I, I don't know if it's necessarily there it could be overreaching but um but i, no, I, I think, think yeah cool but i actually think um you know it's kind of it would have definitely i know it was for a fact you know seen as absolute blasphemy at the time <laughs> yeah it really was and, yeah. and looking back it's interesting to see how how tame it it is, yeah, and just how new, how nuanced it is. Oh, oh, and, it's and it, it, the, it, it's beautiful, as you know. We were saying the it's really the poetry beautiful. of it. You know that it there's yeah. actually beautiful lines in here, with wonderful yeah. metaphor and um and very melancholic kind of uh, detail. You know, I and I think yeah. I think it's just for as I was saying earlier. You know, a band that was kind of written off as being this. Uh, you know, they're sh- even even by the punk world, the punk world hated them yeah. because they encapsulated the yeah. ethos in in such a refined way that they it became yeah. this sort of pop thing, which so they became hated even by the you know the origins of their music and the genre, you know. So they're kind of as an act, and they were hated by all and sundry, including the punk scene. Um, and yeah. and kind of inadvertently caused the death of it by you know ma- removing any avenues for it to go down, um, which is why everything after it is called post punk. <laughs> There's not really any punk <laughs> after right? the Pistols, you know. Um, I, I mean, it's it's to me, it's just absolute. It, you you can't take it out of context. You have to look at it in context. But if you do take it just on the lyrics themselves. I mean, there's there's beautiful turn of phrase. There's there's very interesting, unusual usages of of words, um, and you know, in spite of all the bleakness of the statement and the nihilism of the statement, there's still these there's these references to humanity, which in juxtaposition to the sort of the viewpoint being expressed is is claiming there's beauty in humanity and you know there's references to flowers and you know there's 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 sort of subtle mentions of of hope i think in juxtaposition to the bleakness of the lyrics i correct i don't know what do you think no i i'm with you and and i i just think poetically i genuinely think that this there are there are unsubtle moments, but overall, just reading the lyrics, um, they're they're so well constructed, and 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 the 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 bitter, uh, driving, biting nature of them puts them alongside any of the kind of war war poets that that Britain has a tradition of. People like Wilfred Owen or Siegfried Sassoon. Mm-hmm. The, that this that's mm-hmm. how dark those guys went, and with mm. very good reason. Um, with all the good reason in the world, they went there. And these lyrics uh, sit alongside them as that bleak. And it's only the delivery and the packaging and the aesthetic that makes people see this type of song as so um, uh, abrasive. Um, but really, it sits in a grand tradition of, of, of British protest or war poetry. Um, I would really put it alongside that. Yeah, I think, I think 
Yeah, I think even now that you mention that, I'm um, there's there's even a a mild Orwellian kind of nature to it too, which hadn't really struck me until just now. Yeah, sure. Good, good reference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, t- Tennyson as well. Tennyson. I yeah, Tennyson. Tennyson. I was trying to think of, but the like the name was escaping yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, it really sits alongside a tradition of of British poetry, and and it it's it, you could put it alongside it, no problem. Mm, mm. But as I, as I was saying, my my voice is giving out, and so I I think it would be good just to round this off and just say, Mingo. Is God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols, in your estimation, does it deserve a place in the lyrical time capsule? 100% yes from me. Yeah, it's a yes from me as well. I think these lyrics are absolutely phenomenal and they're for the ages. And uh, and so, yeah, it's a definite yes from me. Good on you, Johnny Rotten. Good on the Sex Pistols. A phenomenal song, phenomenal phenomenal lyrics. Beautiful. Uh, well, we'll leave it there and we'll, we'll pick this up again. Hopefully we're going to bash out another episode soon and then we might start engaging with an audience and taking some requests. Uh, and uh, I guess it just remains with the last bit of my voice to thank uh, our, our uh, apart from thanking our audience for listening, but also thanking our anonymous crypto donor who's, who's supporting the making of this show, uh, whose first message to everybody is uh, get in, get yourself some crypto, diversify, diversify your financial portfolio, get into some crypto. No time like the present, and uh, because f- for some of these financial institutions that we're sucked into, there is no future, <laughs> and crypto can be an escape from them. <laughs> All right, we'll this- leave it there. This was lyrical time capsule. This mess, these messages do not constitute financial advice. Please consult a professional. Very true. Thank you, Mingo, for saving my skin. Again. Okay. We love you. We'll Take pick care. it up when peace. I've got a voice again. Peace. All right. Peace out. Much love and enjoy future. Enjoy your future.